they're very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. The hills of Latimer County. Last week, we traveled there to check out the legend of Sasquatch, or Oklahoma's Bigfoot. Honubi, Oklahoma, nestled in the middle of the Kayamichi Mountains and is only 30 miles from the Arkansas state line. It's one of Oklahoma's most beautiful and desolate areas and for years has been known nationally as the home of Bigfoot. Darrell Williams is a lifelong resident of the area and for two days was our guide through the mountains and streams where the sightings of this large ape-like creature are reported regularly. I believe there's things going on out here that we cannot explain. I believe that. Uh, we, and it's more than just things that go bump in the night, <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's not totally just in our imagination. There is something in existence besides us. One local shop owner near Honubby told us that there are skeptics and believers alike, but from her own experiences, she believes that there is something in these woods. This guy down the road, he swears up and down that he shot one. You know, he, he actually shot at it, and because it was throwing rocks and gravel and stuff against his house and scaring his kids and all of this stuff. Of course, I've never, I don't get out at night, so I've never, never had occasion to see one, and I hear that he prowls around mostly at night. If, if these creatures, beings, are like we talked about, the uh, gene of the Sasquahinic from the 1600s, uh, they would have this kind of knowledge. There's none of these steels that's been cut by a saw or axe. They're all uh, dead, fallen deals. Usually, if a human's gonna do something, he'll have an ax or a saw or something, unless he's just really, a, you know, transit needing shelter, and then what would he be doing with up here? Well, they're a lot bigger than a bear, but you know, they're, uh, they totally walk different. They walk man-like, but they walk kind of with their shoulders, you know, slumped over. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the 30th episode of the War Cry Podcast. I'm your host, Jehola Tiger, and got another one for you. We uh, we got another one. Um, so to this episode um, is going to be about the siege of Hanobia. Um, so Hanobia is located here in Oklahoma. In, here in Oklahoma, but southeast Oklahoma to be exact. Um, it kind of bunches, kind of, you know, nestled in there uh, next to the Kaimichi Mountains or in the Kaimichi Mountains. Um, and this story is pretty a pretty crazy one, I'll be honest with you. Um, so I have researched this story in multiple facets, I guess, because I've listened to it from multiple points of view. And 
I think the one that makes the most sense to me is the Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, that the way that was told, and that to me makes the most sense out of all of them. I mean, I know that there has been you know different uh, podcasts here in Oklahoma, especially that have talked about this. But this story um, is, I would say, top five, maybe top three stories that I've ever heard or you know had you know come across, kind of in my. Uh, you know, looking at, I guess, you know, hearing stories and listening to stories. So, the Siege of Hanabi, like I said, is located here in Oklahoma. This is a report on the BFRO website. So, the Bigfoot Research Organization, um, they have multiple, you know, they're all over the country. Um, and there's some parts of this story on that on that article, or in that race, basically that report, that aren't exactly as it happened. Um, so... I'm going to you know talk about the brothers. Uh, we'll talk about kind of what happened. You know, basically kind of in a linear fashion. So there's two brothers, uh, Tim and Mike. Um, basically, Tim buys 30 acres of land in Hanobia, and their dad buys 10 acres next to that property. That's kind of at an adjacent lot. Um, but they bought their property basically to allow their kids to kind of play as they did when they were growing up. You know, kind of kids living that 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 uh, running free lifestyle, which I was accustomed to and, and had the privilege of of doing in my life. But Tim and Mike um, basically had no idea kind of what Sasquatch was. I mean, they they obviously you know at some point did, but they never you know ran into it. But literally, I, uh, according to like I said, according to you know multiple you know, sources, Mike saw this thing saw this thing twice or these creatures twice in the middle of the day before anything really started happening the first encounter um he had like i said it was during the day he wasn't really sure what it, what he was seeing or what he was looking at but then when he saw it the second time in the middle of the day you know in the same week he realized he's like oh crap i'm looking at like sasquatch i'm looking at bigfoot and you know he basically called it a monster uh and you know in some of the sources that i've seen and one of the big, you know, one of the kind of the turning points and kind of when things really started ramping up, Tim and his wife are having dinner outside and this thing, this creature comes up and screams like the loudest scream ever. And basically he felt like it was like it kind of shuddered his insides. And, you know, that's one thing about in the Bigfoot community. I know a lot of people talk about infrasound. Now, we look at infrasound in normal animals and like a lion or a tiger, that growl that just like shakes your being that, you know, like it basically initiates fight or flight. That's what this, that's what he felt. And, you know, he calls his brother. Um, and basically what he was, uh, kind of a detail that, you know, that I, I kind of looked, you know, saw was basically the China set moved. Like it kind of shook as this thing kind of roared at him. And he didn't want to call his brother um, because he did, really didn't want to get made fun of. Um, but the more they lived on the property, the more they started to see things at all hours of the night. According to the BFR report, um, the brothers basically make these brothers out to be like rednecks, hicks, kind of backwards people like don't know nothing. You know, oh, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, you know. But that's really not the case. Um, and other things that I've read that like he... Both brothers were really smart guys, and they knew what they were talking about. They've been out in the woods before in their in their life, and they know and understand that these things are not normal to the, you know to the to every person. 
but Mike, you know, started getting basically, Mike and his family basically started getting harassed, um, kind of in the middle of the night. And uh, he would be laying in bed, and he would hear something bang on the door. And this is like early on, so you know he's thinking like, who was a man? It's like a little kid selling cookies or something, you know? Like who, who's you know at the door at like midnight? And he would open the door, and there'd be nobody there. And you know, at first it kind of would be two to three times. Maybe, you know, that first little bit. But then all of a sudden, the knocks started hitting the windows. Um, but they would always come, the, the knocks and the banging would always come around midnight to about sunrise. Um, and then he would hear it also on the windows. And then eventually he started hearing it, you know, rocks being thrown. Like, little, like it was like it was hailing outside. It was just like little pebbles. But they weren't little pebbles. They were like actual decent-sized rocks. And like I said, as this progresses... It goes from about one night, you know, every now and you know, and then it goes, you know, basically every night. And they come in. They would basically they'd come in and peek into uh, Mike and his wife's room, and then their kids would basically, you know, sit there and watch these things. And they'd be watching, and then the the creature would then show its teeth and growl, and you know, the kids called it a monster. And then at this time, like kind of in this time frame of the story. You know, Mike hardly ever sleeps, and he's having, you know, basically trying to protect his family. But through all this chaos, the creatures never tried to enter the home uh, at this point in time. Now, the BFRO report states that that was the case. Like, they, uh, that the the creatures always tried to get in, and they were, you know, trying to basically ransack the home, but that's kind of not really what happened according to, you know, according to other, you know, information that I've seen. But the family had a shed in the back, and at the time, this, the shed had five deer carcasses. And what would, you know, what happened was is they would, you know, they were hanging up. And the next morning, they were gone. The family had 30 chickens, and they were all gone the next morning. And one thing, too, that he noticed that the eggshells, it looked like something cracked the egg open just enough to where they could, like, drink the yolk in the, in the, the egg white. And he noticed that the eggshells were leading off, you know, headed towards the woods. As things get worse, in between the house um, and the, the the tree line, there's a you know about an acre pasture that he and his kids would play on. Well, kids were playing in the middle of the pasture one day, and about three or four of them were growling at the kids and shaking the trees and basically going crazy in these trees, tearing the place up. And the kids told their dad that you know there are monsters out there. There's monsters. We're getting you know they're 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 trying to get us. And you know with these incidents, they really took a toll on him and his family. His wife had literally had enough and left with the kids, and basically told Tim and Mike to figure it out and get rid of them. Um, basically, she said that they can't stay there. And you know up to this point in the story, you know it's kind of crazy to you know hear you know. That he's they got so much activity, um, and be in mind this this happened years ago. This is you know about a, shoot over a decade ago uh, when this story was released and and the and published to you know to the public. Um, so after his wife basically told him she had enough and that they can't stay there with the kids. Um, well, boy, I'm sorry. Before that, so the brother's sister shows up with her two younger little kids. And to get into the property, they have to open up a gate and drive in. Well, Mike hears something going crazy outside, and he shows up uh, to check it out, or like goes outside to check it out. And he finds his sisters and their her kids just totally freaked out, just so shook 
one of the kids is under the seat hiding. Um, his sister is white as a ghost, like basically just pale. And the other kid is screaming, monster, monster, monster. And Mike realizes what they saw. So what happened was his sister pulled up to the gate and got out. And there were three of these things throwing rocks at the, at the car. Basically growling and, and, you know, being just super aggressive. And, you know, that's what the, the sister told him after. Well, another incident happened with his niece. And she came over. She was about 19 years old. And she had basically had an injury. And she was healing from the injury. It was a broken foot, to be exact. Uh, but she comes running into the house. And she's so scared, so shook. Um, and she says, there's a monster out there. This is the, this is the, the part of the story that, like, really makes me kind of like, if I saw this... Hell to the no. I'm out of there. Like, I'm I'm not staying there. Uh, we passed the point of no return on that. Like, we out of there. So, things, like I said, this, this situation and his niece telling, telling him that, you know, there's a monster out there. And it frightened her and it scared her. And she, you know, was so shook. He had been dealing with, at this point, two years. So, two years that he's been dealing with this. And he cannot go any, like, he's over. It's over. Like, I'm, I'm, he's done. So he goes out and, you know, he goes into his room, gets his gun, and chases after this thing. And as he's going around the back, he could hear this thing running because it's, it's like running. Like, it's not trying to hide. It's like it's running. And he hears it go rack around to the front. Well, then he circles back, comes back the way he came, and then, you know, tries to get that thing up, up you know, in the front part of the house. And when he does that, um, he basically looks, and looks out to the brush, and he can see it moving, and he just takes a shot. Just shoots it. Doesn't even care. Just shoots it. And, you know, in some of the sources that I've, that I've looked, he he was the type of guy that would never really just shoot, point, you know, just, you know, broadly into a bush. Because, you know, I guess according to what I've seen, his weapon safety was a huge thing for him. Um, but when he gets back into the house, Denise basically said that she got out of the car and she was locking it. And as she turned around, this thing was standing 20 feet away from her, growling, and she just literally just lost it and just took off. And she also said when Mike was chasing this thing around the house, he has big bay windows in the front of the house, and this thing was bigger than the windows. And he, she said that as it was kind of walking away, she could see it, and it was baring its teeth. And as, the cre- as Mike started making his way back, the creature realized that, oh, I'm toast if I don't get out of here. And she said that it made this fright face where its eyes, she could see the whites of his eyes. And it took off. One thing, one detail too that I, I looked, kind of looked at, is they, the family didn't, uh, you know, give these things. They just showed up. You know, they showed up and they had, you know, what they had at the house. And they didn't, you know, they didn't really, they didn't do any of that stuff. So that kind of crosses off the list of, you know, gifting. I know the BFR, BFR report basically says that they had snow peas that they planted and then when they get rid of the snow peas um the book the the deer will go away and the creatures will go away well they never planted them they were there to begin with so after all these events that happened um to the to mike and and, and tim uh, a lot of stuff was to mike but tim you know cooperated and basically you know at a later time was sending emails back and forth with different people Basically confirming everything Mike is saying. Um, they're sitting, they're, they're alone at the house. They're sitting back to back in the middle of the house. And they look over at the window. And, this, and, I'm, and I'll say this too, this, this part of the story. It's a pretty crazy part of the story. I'm going to be honest with you. Like The way that they describe it, 
um, to me is kind of is so wild. But you know, who am I to say these guys are lying? Well, they look over at the window, and there's this creature looking at them, and it's baring its teeth. Well, these dudes, they get up. They're like, nah, not anymore. They bust out the back door. This thing is running off the porch, and, and it's about you know 25 feet away, and they ring off three shots. They hit the, they hit the creature three times. In the head, back, and in the lung, in the lungs. Excuse me. <clears throat> Dang, I know as my lungs are going. Ugh, no. <laughs> but Mike said this thing when he sh- when they shot it and hit it three times, it flopped like a human would in like a movie. It looked like a movie, like you know, oh, you get hit and you're going down, and it kind of went off into the darkness. Then Mike states that he could hear that the creature was dying, and it was gurgling blood, and it was gasping for air. Um, and they had this idea like, okay, well, let's let it die, and then let's drag the body back up and, you know, take pictures and do all this other stuff. Well, what they didn't realize was right inside the the tree line, it wasn't that far from the creature, you know, from the, you know, laying on the ground, a bigger one came out, a bigger, you know, sized one came out, and they could hear two others freaking out in the tree line. Just going crazy. Sound something they said it sounded like apes, but they're going crazy. Well, the bigger one, a, a, a slightly bigger one, comes out and rushes those guys, basically trying to get it away from the body. And basically, it picked it up and it took it back into the woods. And for that night, it was dead silent. There was no noise at all in those woods. And now this part, is, like I said, that is crazy. Uh, I just imagine, you know, coming across an animal that or a being that's not in the normal you know realm of, of view like of what we know to be in the woods and you shoot and kill it and then proceed to continue to deal with these things it's just the craziest thing but you know in the sources that i've read that basically mike and tim call the bfro this is where the bfro steps in um and they make their report and they do what they got to do but they call them and then they say, hey, we'll send out some uh, some investigators. And Tim and Mike basically go, no, you need to send out a hunter. Like, we need to get rid of these things. Like, these things are, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're not pleasant by any means. And so after that crazy night of killing that creature, basically, uh, they started, the creature started getting into the home. Now, this is the part where they actually started getting into the home. And it's not like the entire time. And... You know, Mike kind of states in the, the the conversation he had with Wes Germer, shout out uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, that he felt like these things were after him, like they wanted him and they wanted Tim. They wanted both of those guys. They 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 could not stand it enough. They wanted him so bad because of killing one of their own. So he goes and buys all this equipment. He buys you know you know automatic rifles. You know he buys all this crazy stuff, night vision goggles. He wanted to be prepared, you know, in case something does happen. Well, the BFRO, BFRO finally makes it out, and they had they brought out a couple of ex, experts, quote unquote, and a guy in a hunter who was seventy four years old. Um, the hunter basically slept the entire time and you know didn't really do much, but the the two experts that sent they sent out from the BFRO basically were so scared that first night because so much stuff was going on, like. They're peeking into the windows. They're banging on doors. They were, you know, throwing rocks at the house. They were doing all types of crazy stuff that those guy, that those two people, wanted to pack up and leave. Like they just wanted to get out of there. 
They wanted no no parts of that. And basically, Mike and Tim, the two brothers, talked them into staying. And I know that you know how much credence do you put into those those BFROs? I know I don't really have an opinion either way, but I know there's that's a pretty pretty big organization. But their expectations were were to basically buy the property from Mike and Tim and create some type of Jane Goodall like oh we gift you this you gift us that and create a relationship with these creatures and and uh, you know as a, you know according to the Sasquatch Chronicles episode that I had listened to on this part of it that there was no way like there's no way that they're doing that so one thing too so once they leave. This stuff is still going on, you know, different, you know, types of encounters and, and issues that they're having with these creatures. But Mike starts to describe that there's different, you know, different descriptions of these of these creatures. One of them looks like a gorilla. There's some that look like gorillas. There's some that like look like a mixed human gorilla, like kind of looking face. And then there's some that just look flat out like Down syndrome, like people that have Down syndrome, you know, how their, their faces, uh, you know, are are different that's how he described it if that's not pc i'm sorry but that's just the way he described it and he said during the day their eyes are black with the with the white like it looks they look creepy like they don't look like they have whites in their eyes he said the eye shine thing basically when it's a flashlight or an older car light they're red the eyes are red but if it's a halogen bulb or halogen lights it's amber slash kind of gold slash yellow and he, you know, he told about different kind of things that they did is, you know, he did, you know, he, he thinks, you know, his opinion was that they were an animal, but they were smarter than a normal animal um, because they, what they would do, and this is kind of crazy. So he went and bought a bunch of these lights and in these, and like with each light, he put them in strategic points around the house. Well, he would notice that after a while, like it would keep them away, but then after a while they started kind of showing back up, and he started noticing these stick, small stick structures structures at random points around the the house, and you know he was walking around and he you know realized that like this is kind of like dusk where like the light where you can start seeing when the lights come on when the motion comes on, and he noticed he was like why isn't the light coming on? He looked and all the all the lights were turned up. So they weren't showing up, and so when it would kick on, it would kick, and it would shine up in the air. And another thing too that, like I said, he had those little little stick structures. So when he would look out there some nights, they would all be standing all at different points behind, like right behind the light, which is like super creepy. Like imagine like having a porch light and you just see someone standing like right beyond. You can see like their feet, but you can't see anything else. It's just because it's so dark out there, and they're in the middle of nowhere. Like if you've never been to Hanobia. Man, it's middle of nowhere. Like it's no, like nowhere. Thirty miles to get somewhere. Thirty miles to get, in, you know, to anywhere really. But he started noticing, you know, as the brothers kept kind of, you know, they kept having this like it was almost like a chess match. So there was this one about he's and this is like I said, Mike said about nine foot tall gorilla looking Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and he could t- he could tell it would come it would come out and it would like bait the guys. Like, he would try to get them to come out of the house and basically get those guys riled up. And he, but he noticed that every time that they would go out there, they would go deeper and deeper, closer to the wood line. And he, they started looking, because the way that the pasture, it's like about an acre, but it's like in a weird U. 
So there's force on one side, force on another side, and it goes. The deeper you go into the pasture, the closer you get to that the center point on the U of the of that tree line. And that last time that they they tested, you know, they went out there because they were so mad at these creatures. It dawned on them. They're like, oh, this is a choke point. So like when you get to the edge of that pasture, and if they go step foot in that tree line, those creatures could come behind them and grab them. And Mike and Tim realized that. And I thought that was kind of cra- a crazy kind of like uh, thought that these like they had battle like these creatures had battle plans like they knew if they could get those guys to come out and get mad get riled up they could create a choke point and basically take those guys and I thought that was a super crazy uh, you know thing that about that another kind of crazy thing too is when he was talking about um, you know they put out game so during the day. You know, they would they put out game cams, they put out infrared lights, and he said one thing that they do not like is infrared. It like I don't know if it hurts their eyes. He didn't really specify, but he put out a game camera, the infrared, and they basically tried to like on the back side of the camera they tried to put sticks around it so they could walk by. But I don't know if it has to do with something with the eyes or if it's just if it burns. I don't know. But it's kinda crazy that they would try to block that. But what he said that he, you know, he had videos and, and pictures to prove this stuff. And obviously, we'll, we'll talk about this here in a second. But basically what he was saying with how they hunt is they, uh, the tree knocks. Everyone talks about tree knocks. Is that that's how they communicate a, basically assembly line how to ambush prey. So they'll wait out. They'll hang out and watch a deer come down the game trail. And then they'll knock. Goom, goom. And it tells the other ones that, oh, hey, we got something coming. And I always wondered that. Like, you know, people say they hear wood knocks and, and whatnot, things like that. And I always thought that was kind of interesting. But basically, that's how they that's how they would tell the other ones that, hey, this is coming. Um, and they were talking about tree structures. They think, basically, tree structures are, are, are put up to let other ones know that, hey, this is where the humans go. If you don't want to be subject to the gun... To, to the metal that they have in their hands, you just need to stay past, you know, on the other side of this point. And the question was asked, basically, do they know about guns? And and Mike and Tim both, or Mike and then Tim confirmed it that they do know because they know that that's the thing that make, that goes boom and it can hurt you. And every time that you know they would ca- carry a gun, they would be left alone because they know. Which I thought was kind of crazy too. To like, I don't know if they've had a run in with another one, another person. Um, but you know, an example of that was, was Tim one night had, they had a, they have a dumpster, big old industrial dumpster on the backside of the property. And one night he had heard something kind of, you know, rustling around in the dumpster. Well, he goes and just walks up casually and he had his gun on him because, you know, he, he, at this point he's, you know, they're battling basically a clan of Sasquatches and one of them pops up and it's about nine foot tall and it like looks down at him and it looks over at on his hand He's got his gun. He said that this thing had this look on his face like, oh, crap, I'm dying today. Like, I'm, this is death. This is the fight, the fight or flight. And all of a sudden, it goes back down, and he's like, what? How did it disappear? And then he waited a second, and he said, I mean, he was only like 10 feet away from this thing. He waits a second, and then he kind of goes around to the back, and he snaps the, I guess a twig snaps, or he made some noise. And this thing jumps out and all on all fours, and then jumps a fence from all fours onto two feet. It like cleared the fence. And one thing that scared Mike that basically kind of shook him was the fact that this thing transitioned from two from four legs to two feet in a matter of like 
you know, that. And he said he tried to shoot it, but he couldn't even get a beat on it because it was so fast. It, it like disappeared. It was so fast. So that you know, that's kind of you know, that's crazy. Like that's so crazy that you know these guys went through that. Um, you know, like I said, they talked about you know how they how they you know people always say that they wash like oh they're just washing their hands, but you know they noodle is what is what Mike said. He said he caught one on basically one. It had, he has a creek on the back side on the you know kind of on more more back in there, and it's you know it's got fish in it. And, or it's like a lake, or I don't know what it is, but he, a body of water. And he watched this thing basically put its fingers in this, like it had its arm in there, but then it pulled out a, a big old fish. And so he thinks that they cap, or they noodle. That's how, that's how they, that's how they get fish, is they just put their fingers in there like little worms, and it takes it, and they grab it, and it's, and they, he said he watched it eat, devour an entire fish, like the entire thing, bones and all. Um, but so that's kind of the you know the the essence of that story. You know they still battle it to this day. I know you know like I said they he came out in I think 2014 about like I said almost 10 years uh, 10 years ago and really gave a detailed report. But to this day they haven't really you know he hadn't really said much. Um, you know they a lot of this attention happened when the BFRO got involved and because he was only going to keep it private. Well he had you know people coming out. Uh, you know, to his property, game wardens, and so after you know, after it went public, and you know, he was basically people are aware that this is going on at this property in Hanobi, Hanobia, or Hanubi, or however you say it. Basically, game wardens were at his property every single day, and he quit. They quit messing around. They just you know, they would just let stuff happen, and the, the game wardens would just sit there and watch him. Um, but one day that, you know, this is kind of, you know, what I mentioned earlier about kind of the government aspect of this. And he had mentioned that he had a white, or not a white, a black, blacked out vehicle kind of sitting by his power, his the power that's next to the road. They have, sometimes out in the country, they have these little boxes that are like big and, and they're next, they usually just kind of sit next to a pole sometimes, especially like, you know, to maybe turn off the power or whatever it is. And... Mike notices him and goes out there and talks to the guy. And the guy's all, you know, you know, this is what we're out here doing. We just want to make sure you have power. We've been having some reports of power outages. But the guy tried to get out there as quickly as possible. But he had noticed that this has been going on. And kind of my opinion, if they ever found out that Bigfoot was real, if people found out that Sasquatch uh, was real, you, you think about how they shut down, you know, nature preserve for birds, or for rodents, or, you know, all these different types of animals in more exotic parts of the, of the world. They shut it down. So the logging industry is a, is, is a reason. Also, too, people are going to be afraid to go out in the woods when they know that there's something nine foot that can take them at any time if they cross it. Because, you know, we don't speak the same language. You know, people have their opinions about what Sasquatch is. You know, and I have mine. And I'm curious if you guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's going to be a question I'm going to ask um, if you just scroll down a little bit as you're listening, you know, type in what you think it is, and I'm gonna give it options. It'll be a poll. You know, is it an ape? Is it a human hybrid? Human ape hybrid? You know, what could this be? But you know, imagine. I mean, that. I mean, they. I know an example was the bird up in. I guess it was up in the Pacific Northwest. They shut everything down. Like they shut logging. That's now a protected space because that's that bird's habitat. You know, what if? You know, what if? The, you know, what if that was the case? And, you know, to keep these creatures under wraps, you know, has been a tall task, you know, in my opinion. But it's just so crazy to think that, 
to um, to think that, you know, they're actively trying to make sure this is not disclosed. Um, but what do you guys think of this, of, of Mike and Tim's story? Like I said, if you type in CJ Hanobia on Spotify, you will find multiple, multiple episodes. Um, I highly suggest to go listen to... There's more details um, about their hunting style and what they do. Um, like to certain animals, like there was one that's, uh, that's, I didn't want to really go into it because it's kind of brutal, but like I said, there's more details to that story. Um, I just kind of hit the, the, the cliff downs cause you know, I kind of don't like when episodes go 40 minutes long, an hour long, but it is what it is. But, um, uh, let me know what you think, you know, about the, the episode and kind of what you think about the story. I mean, I a hundred percent believe that this happens. I mean, there's, you know, I've heard different stories of, 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 these creatures coming on people's property and, and, you know, taking, you know, all their livestock, livestock. But if you guys, if you guys can uh, catch me on Facebook, you hold a tiger, message me, let me know you listen to the podcast. Tell me what episode you like. Um, TikTok, one man band, nine, one, eight, Twitter, one man band, nine, one, eight. Um, eventually I'm looking at getting an Instagram. I haven't really, I feel like Instagram, you got to put like videos up and I'm just like, I'm so swamped sometimes. And so I feel like I won't, you know, moderate it or, or look at it as much as I should. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening in and I'll catch you on the next one.